Josh will begin on the 6th January. And I realized that I, what I wanted to do was to, over these next few weeks, share some particular passages that were that have been meaningful in my life. And if nothing else, they might explain the, the reasons I am the way I am. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be in Psalms 96. And let's open with prayer. Our Father and our God, in the precious holy name of the most perfect High King, the great I Am, the one who is from the beginning and who always will be, the one by whom all things exist, the one alone worthy of praise, in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of God. It's in his name we approach you today because of his redeeming work, because of what he currently does in the, at your right hand, acting as high priest, Father, we can boldly approach, not in arrogance, but free from the fear of destruction because of what you have done for us. So, Father, let us approach with joy. Let us approach with thanksgiving. Let us approach with song. Let us leave the old man behind and walk in the new. I love you, Father, and I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a, only a quarter after 11, so if you get out early today, you're going to think the sermon was short. It won't be. It's just going to seem that way. <laughs> but we're in Psalms 96, and, I, and it, the first three verses start out with, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all the peoples. As I began my Christian walk, there was obviously you started reading Scripture and verses after verses, places after places, and each time I'd read something, I'd see something in my life that wasn't conformed to that passage. And over and over again, as I would study the Scripture, I would see that's, that's not how my life lines up. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't sound like that. It doesn't go that way. And when I got to this particular passage, it became just plainly, plainly real to me that I needed to sing a new song, needed to have a new word. And as I thought about it, I said, first, you know, I I have lots of reasons to sing a new song. Now, in context, this is a a quote. It's almost verbatim from 1 Chronicles chapter 16 when the Ark of the Covenant has returned. After the ark had, you know, had been captured by the Philistines, Dagon had been whipped under the hand of our God, and they bring it back, and now it's back, and they're singing this, and David sings this, a rejoicing moment of coming back. So that's the context in which we have this, and they clearly had reason to sing. The ark had returned, and for the, in the Old Testament, the ark was the presence of God. The ark contained Aaron's rod that had budded manna and it contained the broken tablets. And upon that, in the Holy of Holies, God would sit on the mercy seat when the offering was received, and He would bless the people for another year. Uh, they could walk in His presence and, and walk in, the, in goodness and walk in grace for another year. So to have it come back was great joy, a wonderful reason to sing. And that's exactly what happened to me, and I hope that's what happened to you. Because to be honest, I was taken captive by Dagon, by the Philistines, which by Dagon, by the way, he just he's almost a comical god. He's got a fish head, fish, and he's got half a body's fish, half a body's man. He, I mean, he's a pretty comical guy, you know. And he gets whipped by the, laid down, gets his hands cut off, gets his head cut off, gets destroyed. 
But I was taken captive by them and so many others. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you, your testimony is wonderful and you didn't have any of that, but I'm going to argue with you. You were at least taken captive by one person, Satan, to do his will. He held you captive. And he made you sing an old song. A song of woe. A song of want. A song of desires of the flesh. A song that was contrary to everything of God. That's how that old song went. And it was really one verse. Hey, look at me. In every way conceivable, hey, look at me. Hey, woe is me. Look how sad my life is. Look how pitiful my life is. Look how I don't have. Look how the neighbors got more. Look how this is going on better. Oh, look at me. Or hey, look what I've done. I'm so awesome. I'm so great. Look how incredible I am. Look what I have accomplished. Hey, look at me. Oh, you don't know my life. You don't know how I've suffered. You don't know. Hey, look at me. It's always the same song. It's always the same verse. It's a 7-11 song. Seven words, 11 times. Over and over and over again. You guys know what I'm talking about. Don't we hear it all the time? That same old tune being played out. But every morning when you wake up, the devil wants to play that song again in your head. Have you immediately start going, whoa, or oh, or look. When I saw this passage in Scripture, I realized, I, Lord, I have to sing a new song because I have some reasons to sing. And I just want to remind you of that first and foremost because tomorrow morning you're going to get up when you have to go to work, you have to go to school, or you have to tend to family, or whatever it is you have to do, or you wake up in your same situation that you went to bed in, and you're tempted to sing that same old song the same old way. Guys, you and I have a reason to sing a new song. Because just as David sang because the ark had returned to his presence, you can sing because the ark of the covenant now is dwelling in your heart. That's the holy place where God dwells. And when he reigns there, you enjoy the blessings and the mercy and the grace of our God and King. And that's a reason to sing today. Because in the midst of all that's going on in our country, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, in the midst of all that's going on in your life, you can the, the tune is the same. Play your phone, play the TV, play the radio, play all that junk, and it's the same pitiful, sad, wretched song. And I recently had to, I didn't have to, but I was able to drive to Illinois and, and help a brother out. And at one point, as we're driving at 2 o'clock in the morning, we turned on the radio and started playing anything that would keep us awake. And it didn't take long to go from peaches and cream to highway to hell. That's what happens. Can we find a different station? And when you had Luke and Ian and myself singing Amazing Grace at 2 o'clock in the morning on 75, you knew God was at work. See, we get to sing a new song. And there's some reasons you get to sing a new song. First of all, you don't have to turn there, but I'll remind you of Ephesians chapter 2. God has quickened you together with Christ. You who were dead in your trespasses and sins, and make no mistake, don't be fooled by the false narratives that are out there. You were dead, dead apart from the living God. See, when we were cast out of the Garden of Eden, we died because there's only one life. There's only one way to live. There's only one existence that's real and whole and alive, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. 
And when we were separated from Him from the garden and have been separated ever since, we were dead spiritually. Oh, we walked around like a snake with his head cut off, but we were dead. We wiggled a little bit, thought we were doing something. We were dead. But you were quickened. The tender mercies of our Lord and King in coming to earth and paying for your sin and buying us off the auction block and redeeming us and making us His quickened us together with Him. Made us alive. If that's not a sufficient reason for you to get up this mo- tomorrow morning and sing a new tune, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. That's what's happened to us. We have been made alive. Can you imagine that the living God would come down and visit you and come into your heart and make you alive? The God of all glory, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the one who holds it from here to here, according to Isaiah. He holds it here. And He, who's over all that, came down to you and said, Rise. He saw you in your own, according to Ezekiel chapter 16, He found you in your own pool of blood and he, in your nativity, and He said, Live. And then when the time was right, He came back and wrapped you in His clothes of righteousness and received you to Himself and said, I love you. That's what's happened. This young man who's made a profession of faith who we're going to baptize next week, Lord, uh, will allow. That's what's happened. He has done that. Let me, let me give you something here. The first time I saw Sonia, I had a new tune. And everyone knows what I'm talking about. Now how much more grand is the new tune of Christ? If she could do all that to me and make me sing a new song, how much more can the living God cause you to sing a new song? Sonia's commenting over here on the peanut gallery. Sometimes we had to change the channel, but anyway, we'll leave it. He has made me alive. But don't stop there. We go to Romans chapter 7. I have to turn there so I can read this to you. Romans chapter 7. He's quickened me. Look what else he did. He caused me to die to the old man and live new. He uses an analogy here. Paul uses this picture uh, uh, under the law that a, that a woman who was married to her husband, she was bound to him in the law until somebody died. Then she was free in the law to go and marry another. Well, I want you to know under the, old, under the curse, you were married to that old life. You're married to that old song. You're married to that old sin. You're, you're tied to it. But in the goodness of our God and King, He has made a way for you and I to die to that and rise in newness of life. Listen to this. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, he uses that picture of how they understood the law in that time. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear the fruit of to God. 
free to be the bride of Christ, to marry the Lord of Lords, to join in holy matrimony union with Him for eternity. I have noticed, I've done enough weddings in my lifetime to notice the bride. They always got a tune. They're always singing. They're always joyful. Now, some of them can get bridezilla because married weddings can be nervous and, they can, get, you know, and they can be some things. But the fact is, she, they're singing on anticipation of what they're about to enjoy, joining forever with this husband. You have a hope of joining forever with the eternal king. You and I have a reason to sing a new song. We should be thinking on that. Because the world's telling you not to. The world's trying to convince you, no, you have no hope. There is no mercy. There is no grace. There is none. Now, you better get it now because you're going to die and that'll be it. No. I'm going to sing a new tune. I'm going to sing a new way. We also have another reason to sing. From 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, we have a reason here to sing, and it goes like this. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. What? You mean I woke up this morning, uh, and, I, and somehow I'm old enough now, in the middle of the night, in the middle of my sleep, I hurt myself? Am I the only one who has this happen now? Wake, go to bed feeling fine, wake up with, oh man, what did I do? What happened? Yeah, oh no, yeah, see, it's coming out, yeah. It's happening. But, see, I can allow my current situation, my current fleshly problems, my current fleshly struggles to dictate to my mind how I should sing. But I don't have to. Because this is not the tent that I'm going to stay in. This one's, this one's got holes in it. This one's got problems. This has got weaknesses. But the one that I'm promised from the God who is alive is sure and complete. Oh, I have to wear this for a season. I don't know. Three score and ten and by reason of strength 80 is what the scripture says. Whatever his time frame is for me and whatever it is for you, it is what it is. But the fact is I have something to look forward to. I have a promise of a new eternal tent completely built in righteousness. You know, I, I think about my own life and I think about what I am and I think about the hurts and the struggles and all the things that go on and I all, they're all rooted in one thing. It's my, my unrighteous works that have caused me to be where I am, but it's the righteousness of Christ that has made a promise for my future. My headaches and heartaches are from my own wicked past, but my hope and my joy is His eternal future. And that's the reason I can sing a new song. That's the reason I should sing a new song. I have a hope to sing. I have another reason to sing. Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. You know why I have a reason to sing? It's because I have a champion. I have somebody who's going to make sure all of these things come to pass in my life, and he's going to make sure it comes to pass in your life as a believer. Look what they say. Talking about this one. He says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Now let me just throw a sidebar out here. Josh talked about Revelation this morning in Sunday school, which, by the way, if you're missing Sunday school, you're missing a treat. Um, 
You'll get hung up on trying to still figure out who the elders are and who the 24 are and, and who the creatures are and all that, and you'll miss the point of this text. I've done it. I know it can happen. The point of this text is we have a champion. Listen to what he does. And each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. What? 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 A new song? You mean I don't get there in glory and sing the old song? Woe with me. Room despair. What is that old hee-haw song? Room despair and agony on me. Deep dark depression. Eternal misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom despair. Agony on me. I've watched too much television. <laughs> but all y'all knew the song. Right? That's the problem. We know the old songs really well. But here's the new song. You are worthy, talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are worthy to take the scroll. What scroll? The scroll that's got your name written on it. The name that, it, it, that was placed there from eternity past. And you can debate with me all you want about the theological point. I'm not going to debate with you. God has a scroll, and unless somebody can open it, your name doesn't get read. Somebody's got to open this thing. And only a righteous man can open it. Only a sinless man can open it. And there's only one, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he opens this. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals. You know why? What the seal? The pronouncement of the end. How many of y'all looking for eternity? I am. But you know what? The end's got to come for that to happen. So we need somebody to open this thing. Wrap this thing up. Today would be a good day, wouldn't it? It really would be. You were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. See, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the sacrifice of a perfect lamb, there is no way to be redeemed before our God. And the only thing that would be sufficient for the sins of men are for a man to pay the price. A lamb could mask it for a season. A goat could cover it for a time. A bull might handle it for a little while. But the only way to truly redeem it and change it and change your old song to a new song was for the Lord Jesus Christ to offer himself. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Blood for blood. The Christ Jesus redeemed us. And look at this now, for those of you who are concerned about election. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. What? Somebody from everybody? Somebody from everybody. Guess what? I'm one of them somebodies. And if y'all knew my nation, kindred, and tribe, you'd be like, yeah, it's a miracle of grace. We drove through Palatka the other day, and I was pointing, somebody said something about Palatka. I said, hey, that's where my kinfolk come from. Back up. <laughs> I got relatives here. Some of them are in the graveyard, but I got relatives here. And has, look at this now, and has made us kings and priests to our God. You mean to tell me that this wretched old song, nothing, through the precious eternal work of Jesus, who is the Christ, who offered himself and put it on the doorpost of my life and washed me and took that stony heart out and put a new one in so that he would dwell there and granted me repentance and causes me to walk after him. He has said, I'm going to make you a priest and king. What? Priest and king? I'm not even sure if I fully fathom what that means. But to be a priest, 
one who offers praise and worship to our God, who one who takes the prayers to the Lord, the one who acts in this way, the king who has all blessings, that's what he's done. See, I have a reason to sing a new song. Evan and I didn't talk about it, but I almost busted out the chair when you started saying, I will sing of my Redeemer. How appropriate. Once again, God working to make these things happen. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about singing. You have Those are four reasons. You could probably give me 40 more. And that's good. Now I've got to turn back to Psalms and wrap some more of this up. Oh, i got plenty of time. Y'all relax. I've turned past it. I'm sorry. Psalms 96. There we go. So who do we sing to? See, if we're not careful, we'll sing to all those blessings. Be careful, you will. You'll sing to the blessing. You'll sing to the, the meal that was prepared. You'll sing to the person who did it. You'll sing to the things you have. You'll, you'll do it if you're not careful. But that's not what the passage says. The passage says that we sing a new song and we sing to the Lord, all the earth. So now the command is for everything that has breath, let it praise the Lord. All the earth is supposed to sing to Him. But man has so flipped it upside down that it sings to, they sing to each other. You ever watch ward shows on TV? <laughs> Maybe you don't. I don't really watch them either, but I, I think it's kind of comical in some ways. Oh, you and I are in the same tradition, trade. You did a great job. Oh, no, it was you. You did better. Here, let me give you something from us to say how good you were. That's what it is. And we can be not careful. We'll do it here in the church too, but we only have one sing to you. You who are a created being, who are a part of this earth, I, who am a created being, who am a part of this earth, this earth, are required to sing to the Lord. We'll read Job 38. We'll talk about who are the, when the sons of God, you know, at this morning star, saying to the Lord. We'll debate on and on about whether that's angels or men instead of going, I need to be doing it too! A long debate about who it is rather than actually doing it myself for Him. Now, which one do you think God's more happy with? Oh, no, Lord, I knew exactly who it was. Yeah, but you never once sang, Robin. We need to sing to the Lord a new song. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Which, by, by sidebar, I don't mean not try to study to understand the Scripture. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Bless His name. Everything that's said, let it be an honor to Him and a glory to Him. Let it be a proclamation of His goodness and His greatness. Bless His name. Do say things that honor Him. Somebody asked me the other day about my kids. And I'm going to tell you straight up, here's, here's the tr only way they can truly honor me is to live for Christ. If my children do that, they will have fulfilled in my mind, as much as I'm a man, the command to honor your father and mother. Can't think of another thing they can do. Because if I go on any other thing, you know what I have found with four children? They like to do different things. That's what I found out. You all had that problem? Right? They do. But when they honor God, they're honoring me. And I rejoice in that. That's how we bless Him. Honor God in your actions, in your thoughts, and your deeds. Make it about Him. Here He's commanded us to sing to Him. Sing. Most of us go, I can't sing, Brother Robin. Have you heard me sing? 
Yeah, I've heard all y'all sing. You've heard me. How me and David know we're off key is because we agree with each other up here. <laughs> Whenever David and I are harmonizing, we know everything is really off. That's what we've said to each other. He says, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Brother was talking before in, in the, in before service. I had the opportunity to talk to somebody about the Lord and some something about, well, may God bless you. And the brother's response was, if that's if the God you mean is Jesus who is the Christ, then amen. That's what we do. We proclaim his salvation from day to day. What he has accomplished, what he has done for you, and what he's done for me. If you're sitting here today as a redeemed believer, it is his salvation that should be exalted here today. What he has accomplished in you and me. Because I know me, and I wouldn't be here. I never would have even thought of it. But the grace of my God visited me in the midst of a silly football game and called me out. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to sing. He says, Declare His glory among the nations and His wonders among the people. Glory is praise, honor, and worship. So if I'm going to give God glory, then I have to worship Him, I have to praise Him, I have to honor Him. I have to declare I'm unworthy, he's worthy. I'm like a dog licking the hand of the master. I'm the servant who's bowed before the most high king. I am the one who has taken my tiara and thrown it down before him. That's worship. Honor is to be obedient to his commands. As he leads me to do what he wants, follow through in obedience. And praise. To give it all to him. It's very simple. But your flesh wants to go to the old tune. That's the problem I have. I want to play that old song. Doesn't take long for the enemy to get me back on it, by the way. Declare it amongst the nations and to the peoples. See, we could have a long debate about the nature of our country right now, right? We could debate politics. We could debate positions. We could debate anything. But what they need is the declaration from people who have a new song of the glory of their God and King. That's what they need to see and hear. That's what we have to make known. If we have any hope of them changing, the world changing, our country being restored to some godly fashion, any hope at all of being obedient as a people in this world, we must proclaim the good news of Christ. And those who have ears to hear, my friends, those who have ears to hear, because Jesus came to give hearing to the deaf and sight to the blind. Those who the Son of God is visited, when you say peace to the house, God's salvation plan, there's no greater peace than to say God's salvation plan to a house because that's the peace between them and God. When that happens, they'll respond. That's the good news. That's what they need to hear. Tell it. I mean, really, do you need me to tell you any more of your sinful ways? You need me to come one more day and tell you some more about your sinfulness? Sure if, it's, it's sure if in the context of, hey man, that's not what the Bible says do. I understand that. But I'm talking about continued con condemnation. No, what you need is some good news. Now, I'm talking about you as believers. The world out there the, needs to see this good news. And then they'll say, why are you so joyful? Well, because God has redeemed me from the, the curse of the law. He's redeemed me and made me one of His. Now let me tell you what you're, where you are. Because you have sinned against the holy God. You have broken His law. From the first one which said, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the day in which you eat of it, you shall surely die. All the way through to Malachi when they were divorcing their wives and marrying foreign girls because they had more money than their wives. 
God don't play that. And that's sin against Him. You've broken His law. Now the only hope for you in this law-broke situation you're in is the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me speak salvation to you. And make no mistake, everybody in the room has broken the law of God. Now if you tell me no, then you just bared false witness. That's the good news. Jesus has delivered me from this, and I can sing a new song. Because the old song was nothing more than I'm headed to the auction block, I'm headed to the guillotine, I'm headed to death, but now I get to sing a new song. But one of my thoughts as I thought as I looked at this, I have to be aware of what this old song sounds like. I have to see when it's coming on in my life. Because what often happens to us is it hits us and before we know it, we're in it. You guys ever went four-wheeling, mud-bogging, anything like that? And the water looks fine, you think it's casual, and all of a sudden you're up to your steering wheel in mud? I've done that. Drove off in a Jeep one time and it hit the big ruts of the big trucks and all the tires would do is sit there and spin water up over the speed, the, the dashboard. So much for that trip. That's what it does. So you need to be aware. First of all, it starts in your thoughts. We have to go no further than Genesis chapter 3. When Eve was being tempted by the enemy in this garden, she looked at the tree and said, Man, that tree's good to look at. Well, if I eat of it, I'll be smarter than everybody else around here. Since it was only Adam, she thought she had a leg up. <laughs> she thought if she ate of it, it was good to eat, it was good to look at, and it was good to make her wise. And that's where we start in these thoughts. And those thoughts do nothing but carry us to the end of the flesh. It carry us, carries us to a place what Ezekiel chapter 28 says, you have set yourself in the place of God because what was the temptation in the garden? If you eat of it, you'll be like God. And the, and the, the, the old song, when it comes out of my heart, because the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks, what's coming out is nothing more than me having thought about this thing and went after that thing because I'm attempting to exalt myself in the place of God. And that's not what it should be. But when I have a new heart, I have a new song. And I get to sing in a different way. And by the way, not perfectly, but purposely. We are to sing all the time like we sing in the shower. Or when the radio is so loud you can't hear yourself sing. That's how I sing. I sing, turn the radio so loud that nobody can hear me sing. Then I can sing as loud as I want. See, that's how we end up. And when we get there, we start to produce the works of the flesh, which according to Galatians is the polar opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. This is where we end up. So now, we've talked about what we should sing. We talked about reasons for singing. We talked about who, who we're singing to. We talked about maybe reasons and why we don't sing. The only thing that's really left is, why don't you sing? Why don't I sing? And I'm going to charge that there are two possibilities here. The first possibility is the more plain one. Simply not converted. God hasn't done the work in my heart yet. I have no reason to sing. Oh, I've heard about Him. I believe there is a God. I believe in God. But I don't know Him. More importantly, He doesn't know me. 
I have no walk with Him. I have no relationship with Him. I have no forgiveness of sin in my heart. I have no change of life. I have no reason to sing. That's because you haven't heard the gospel because one of the things that's been going on in America for the last 50 years at least, if not longer, probably longer, is that we've had a, we've had a candy-coated gospel presentation. Not the truth of God's word, but you have sinned against the holy God. You have broken his commandments, and unless you repent, you will likewise perish. This idea of accept Jesus in your heart, you know, you don't find that in the New Testament. What you do find over and over again, repeatedly, is repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what we repeatedly find. Trust me, you couldn't open your heart if you wanted to. You can't do it. But God, who is exceedingly able to do anything beyond anything you can ask or think, can open your heart. And if you sit here today as a believer, He did. It hasn't happened. They have not believed the gospel. Maybe you've heard it, but you know, just like the, the, the parable of the sower, it was swooped up before it had a chance to embed in your life. The real problem there is that you were hard ground and it wasn't going to penetrate. So the enemy had time to steal it. Or you just have been hearing it and right now you're fighting. I like the old song. I know the tune. I know all the words. I've been singing it for 40 years. I know it. Yeah, it's time for a new song. But there's only one answer here. You must be born again. You must be born again. There isn't another answer. You must be born again. The old man sings the old song. You got to die. You got to be born again to sing the new song. The new song is one of Christ. And if you're not singing the new song, call on the Lord. If you're actually going, I'm not singing the new song, and I want to sing the new song, I want you to know that that's God at work in your life right now. That's Him working. I'm saying peace to the house. Here are the terms of peace. Here's the terms of surrender. Repent and believe. Call on the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to give you a new song and leave the old one down. Because the old one has never done anything to make me sad and dreary and hate myself and hate life and hate others and be mean to people and be ugly and be disrespectful and be unkind and not thoughtful. Not all the things that it does. It's time to repent. Or Maybe you're converted, but you're doubtful. You're doubtful. You're like the man who had his daughter, who wanted his daughter to be healed, but he, Jesus said, if you believe. He said, help. He said, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Does that sound closer to most of us? I believe. I, had, I, I think I can sing. I'm going to try to sing. Evan, play some more tunes and we'll get after it. Now, what that, you have three things going on in your life, possibly. I think the first thing is perhaps the fear of the past. Am I really redeemed? God, did you really forgive that sin? You ever have sin just from random thoughts of the past, sin things pop up in your life and you go, I didn't, even, I, hadn't even, I didn't even realize that that was a sin. I didn't even realize that had happened. It's just some thing pops up. Am I the only one who has these kind of issues? Well, the other day, something came to my mind and went, wow, I hadn't thought of that in years. That was a sin. Your blood 
covered that. And the Scripture says that sin for you, God, is as far away as the east is from the west. But if I hang on to the fear of the past, what will do it? It will depress me. And when I'm depressed, I do not like to sing joyful songs. I like to sing sad songs. That's why on the River Shabar, we wanted them to sing cheerful songs, and the Jews couldn't do it. He said, sing us some songs from your people. And no, well, here we are in the River Shabar. We're headed to Babylon. We're headed to captivity. We don't have anything to sing about. And when I think about the things that I used to do, and I let them have a, some root in my life, I start to sing depression. Now, you may be just a fear of the present. I don't know if I can go do that thing right now. I don't know if I'm, I'm allowed to do that. One of the greatest freedoms that we've enjoyed in this church is simply saying to people, yeah, you can minister. You can do that. I don't know how many times over the years people come and say, Brother Rob, can we do this? It honors God and blesses His people. Yes! And we've seen marvelous blessings. But what happens is, it, it, I don't know if I can, so I'm afraid it creates an anxiety in my life. I don't know if I should. I don't know if I could. And when you're anxious about something, there's no singing. There's no singing. There's constant questions, constant debate, constant worry, constant this. And what really ends up at the end of the day is nothing has happened. But God has given you a new song, a song of joy, a song of thanksgiving, a song of anticipation, a song of help. That's what He's done. Or perhaps the third one is the fear of the future. When you see that manifested in your life, it becomes an indifference in your life. I don't know if I can go over there and do that thing. Well, you know, if I go over there and talk to them, they're probably going to be mad. If I say something to this guy at the restaurant, he's probably going to get mad and get pitch a fit. If I talk to him at the Walmart line, if I go see my brother who's having struggles, he's probably going to get all upset. I don't want to cause any problems. I don't want to do that. I'll just let it go by. I think that's the one I struggle with the most. Because I don't want anybody to be mad. And I know everybody. You say the right thing, everybody will get mad. Trust me, I've done it. But you know what? Not when you have a new song. Because the new song has an answer for every problem everybody has. The new song is Christ. The answer to every issue in your life. Every issue. But Brother Robin, you don't know. You're right, I don't know your situation, but I know the Christ who is going to solve your situation. And that's the only one that matters. Because you're right, I won't solve your situation, you won't solve your situation, but He already did at the cross. Your situation's been taken care of, and all you've got to do is sing. You know one of the reasons you can sing? Because of what 1 John says. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that the King of glory put on flesh and dwelt with us. Can you think of anybody who would be more offended than the Lord of glory to come down and hang out with people? Because everything we were doing was an offense to Him. Everything. We heard this in Sunday school. But the mature one is the one who, despite being offended, goes beyond that to minister to you. Jesus could have rightly been offended at everything we were doing in this life. He was the mature one received us. Talk about manner of love that's been bestowed upon us. Look at this now, that we should be called the sons of God. Sons of God. 
an heir to the kingdom, a child of the Most High, not the son, but a son. That's what we are. He says, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Look, if the world doesn't know him, it certainly doesn't know his song. If the world doesn't know him, it doesn't, he doesn't, they don't know his song. But if I know him, then I know his song. And I should be able to sing it. You have been called, commanded, directed, gifted to sing. Isn't that good news? It is to me. Y'all are looking mighty sad. I thought this was a good one, but this is one of my favorite passages because it spoke to me, because it told me, Robin, you're not singing, and I have done all of this for you so you could. You have no reason not to sing, Robin. It's not about your voice. It's about me. It's about me, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on to tell us in 1 John, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Look, right now, you'll look at yourself today in your situation, and you'll say, oh, I can't sing. Well, don't look at that. Look at the hope that you have. Let's go further. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, and we all look to that day, we shall be like Him. And we shall see Him as He is. Woo! Woo! Man! The King of glory, so white and bright, white in the color and purity, I can't even look upon Him. I'm going to see Him as He is because I'm going to be like Him. I'm going to dwell with the saints in light. I'm going to rejoice in glory forever. I, I need to practice the song now so when we get there, I'll be ready. I need to work on my tune now. Last thing you want to do is be standing in the heavenly choir and hitting them off key notes. Right? Uh -uh. It's a good thing I'm getting a glorified body. I'm hoping the voice comes with it. See, we have this. So I ask you today, what is your song? What is your song today? Is it the song of the old man? The old life? Is it the song of the new? What are you singing? If somebody were to come along, if I were to go ask one of your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, someone say, hey, what's the song they sing? What would they say? Oh, I hope that if you ask anybody around me, they'll tell you, he sings the new song. He sings the new song. Not perfectly, because I know him, but purposely. Let me ask you another question. What's your motivation for singing today? Is it the faith of Jesus Christ? Is it his redemptive work? Is it his promise of eternity? Is it him? What's your motivation for singing? Or is it me, my weaknesses, my flesh, my struggles, my wants, my this, my that? How about this one? Do you occasionally forget the words to the song? That's why you need the rest of us. That's why we don't forsake the fellowship. Because you know what? I go out there, and by the end of the week, it's easy for me to forget some of the words of the song. But a constant barrage of the world telling me how I should sing, by the end of the week, I can sometimes forget the words. But all I need is my brothers together, and we sing a few verses, and I'm back in it. Have problems singing? Look around the room at the choir. Maybe it's time you start being with God's people all the time. I always do better when, when I sing in a group. 
couple of more, and I'll be done. Maybe you ought to rehearse. Maybe when you're by yourself, you need to rehearse the reasons and the words of the song. Isn't that the worst place to be, is when you're by yourself, you can really get off the song. You can really start to go off into the other areas. Rehearse the song. Remind yourself again what Christ has done. Get off of your circumstances. Get off of the water that you're walking on and look to the Christ who stands on a solid rock. Rehearse the song. See if your song doesn't get better. And then the last one, I'm going to leave it with this. Sing like never before. Bust out. Irritate them if you must with the glory of God as you sing. And all that God does is sing about this Jesus guy. So every time you see him, he's... Woo-hoo. Sing. Sing. Because the scripture says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all the peoples. See, we've been commanded. This, this passage made such a profound difference in my life when I studied it and thought about it and meditated on it. I realized that I needed to sing. It's not a request. It's a command based on what God has done. You need to sing too. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that I have communicated what you wanted. Forgive me of any misspoken words or whatever I might have said that was in error. I know that you will correct that. I didn't mean to. It wasn't my intention, Lord, but that happens because I'm weak. But I want to sing a new song, Lord. The Lord, the song of redemption, the song of the believed. I want to sing the song that they saw Moses sang on the day he stood at the shore and saw the enemies defeated. The song they repeat in Revelation when you return. Help us sing that song. Help that to be the words that come out of the mouths of the saints of Joppa. Father, we pray for justice as he has made a profession of faith and he's going to be baptized next week. We just pray for your hand on him, that it's, that it's your work that has been done here, that it's your work that's been accomplished. Father, for those who in this group who they know they don't sing and conversion is necessary, I pray for your touch that they would come to you in repentance and faith and be changed. And Father, for all of us who need to sing more, who need to sing plainly, help us rehearse the words of truth. Help us to speak the words of life. Help us to sing like never before. To the glory and the praise of our God and King, I am Jesus. We love you and we thank you in his name. Amen.